Welcome to Rooster and the Devil, where we give you the American's perspective on English Premier League soccer, with hosts Brad Tyndall, Jimmy Karn, and Mike Steenstra. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Rooster and the Devil. Jimmy, how are you? I am excellent, thank you. Uh, Gentlemen, how are you? Doing well. Doing well enough. Well enough. So Brad, you just came back. Tired. Uh, why are you tired? Yeah, uh, a little tired because I had a very short but fun trip to London. And uh, yeah, just got back Sunday night late and still recovering a little bit, but is it, can't, is it even, can't be is it a even, whiner. Is it even a call to trip for you at this point? Because I feel like with all of the salivation and masturbation that's gone on, you know, the last... A uh, year and a half, two years over this construction. Isn't it more of a pilgrimage to your Mecca? I mean, we've talked a little bit about this, but I, I don't I don't uh, entitle myself to make it a, a Mecca trip. I mean, I've been following since 2014, about five, a little over five years. You know, if I had been following Spurs for 20 years or something and just had never made it to a match. But then again, yeah, absolutely. I've been building it up in my head for a while and saying I was going to go for a while and I'm glad I have you guys to push me to go do it and it was definitely well worth uh well worth the time it was a great what time were your, uh, what were your favorite parts yeah uh favorite parts I think I'll try and stick to Spurs London was cool I was literally only there for about 48 hours more or less uh got in around noon Friday left around noon Sunday so it was a very quick turnaround time, eight-hour flight nonstop to and from Chicago on both ends. And uh, I liked the people. The people were very nice. And I think that British folks can sometimes be a little intimidating. Uh, they're kind of they're kind of like Americans in that they're they're conf- right. They're very confident in what how they are and what they do and the way that they talk. But I found them to be very accommodating, whether it was folks around the stadium or in London or lodging or on the plane on the way back to Chicago, just nice people. Uh, so that's always a highlight for me if I run into nice people. And then obviously the stadium itself was insane. The goal line bar, which is the longest bar in Europe, um, leading up to the match, got there right at 10 a.m. when the stadium opened and just drank beers with all these chanting Spurs supporters, and it was absolutely magic. So... V-A-R, my lord. <laughs> Unbelievable. V-A-R. Yes. <laughs> uh, so you saw, you also went to the West Ham game. What yes. was it like seeing it in person? You mentioned something specific on the text, but I'll let you talk about it. In person was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, uh, 10 a.m. the stadium opens and, you know, I lined up my, I stayed in central London just so I could do a little bit of the tourist stuff the day before as well. And Tottenham is north London. So it was about 40 minutes uh, over the underground um, via the underground. And then uh, I walked about two miles. I got off one stop early at Seven Sisters is the stop. So cool. I didn't get off at White Hart Lane because I thought it'd be very busy, but I took yeah. White Hart Lane on the way back. Take a and, little stroll through yeah, the neighborhood. Yeah, I did. I did. I wanted to see some of the neighborhood. And so the high road is the road that leads up to the stadium. And it was uh, worth the walk, and it was it was a, it was just a cool stroll. But, um, yeah, again, the, the chanting was incredible. The goal line bar is within the stadium, right? So they have three or four major bars in the stadium that opens two hours before and that's where everyone really tends to congregate right you could go to a little pub in tottenham um but they're trying to encourage fans to to be there and have it all one match day experience and the chants were just unbelievable i i I couldn't get over the amount of people's wall-to-wall again longest bar in europe huge huge facility and i mean it was completely packed at 10 a.m and i knew what was rewarding for me was that Based on the last five years and the Twittering and Reddit, you know, stuff that I've done and listening to matches, I knew about 60% of the songs. 
and that was just fun because I could actually belt them out myself. And that's what I was worried about. I thought, well, I'm not going to know hardly any songs. And um, <laughs> it was just so much fun. And then I learned a couple of new ones while I was so there. So you were just singing? Just singing out loud? Singing out loud and, and um, you know, you, you put your hands up or your, your drinks up and it just like belt it out. like a is what I said. Like, like a bunch of dudes just partying. I would say that the <laughs> the population in the stadium was 80% men. And then some families and kids here or there, but it, you're right. It was definitely a bro fest for the most part, but I did not mind. It was absolute magic. I think my favorite song that I already knew was the one about Arsenal and the Europa League versus Spurs in the Champions League, which is um, sung to the tune of, Oh, what a night. Watching Tottenham on a Tuesday night. You play Thursday because you're fucking shy. What a feeling, what a night. Just And they hit it uh, perfect on cue, and it's just, just like magic. Just a loud group of people just yes. in unison. Sounds amazing. It, it really was. And then obviously the Daily Alley is my all-time favorite, though. Um, we don't need to review that, but it was that one. It was Musa Sissoko, which is very simple. Oh, Musa Sissoko. And he wasn't even playing in the West Ham match, right? He's He's injured. Um, How does that one go? It's very simple. It's just, oh, Musa Sissoko. You can hear it almost every oh, match. Oh, Musa Sissoko. Yes. Yes. He's just... He's just been such a nice player this year. Oh, and we have to get to we have to get to his performance today and how to com- how it completely changed the match. But we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just a wonderful experience. And again, I had I had probably five Guinnesses before <laughs> before <laughs> kickoff, and I was feeling pretty good. And then you, it, it's I'm standing next to this old guy, and I'm like, you know, when do when do people go to their seats? And he's like, about 15 minutes before. I'm like, okay, 15 minutes, okay, sounds, hey, thanks, sounds good. Man. Cheers, mate. About 15 minutes before. We, you don't say cheer. <laughs> you don't say thanks either. You say cheers to everything like in that. the UK. Huh. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Cheers, um, I like that. Yeah, good food, good beer, happy times, and uh, I, obviously I feel like I was bad luck because that was the first loss in the new stadium. <laughs> One nil. Yeah, you're, you're one of the few batting 0% right now. I am indeed. I am indeed, but I... I very grateful to, to be have been there. there. Yes. And then as far as the product on the field, you mentioned that um, they were so much better and crisper than you had in, seen on TV. What were your thoughts on that? Yes. And I think Jimmy obviously has seen a lot more in-person football than I have. But, you know, and we went to that MLS match with Zlatan and, the, and that's MLS. But it's amazing. It's amazing how easily they maneuver Passes that seem like how is he going to pull that off? They pull off almost every one, and um, you appreciate it a little bit more, I guess, when you're in person. You can see it on TV too, but I, that really struck me. Um, and then also how, which I expected, anticipated, how closely folks pay attention to the match. There are not hardly any phones out, right? That's Everybody's great. paying great. attention. Yeah. Everybody's involved, and that's what, and, and and they feed off of it. So Danny Rose makes a great tackle, and I have a video of of that where I took it because they started singing in um, Danny Danny Rose Danny Danny <laughs> Rose, and it just starts echoing around the stadium. Like when when the when the player performs a, a good action for the squad, right? They reward <laughs> them with that. Bit. It's it's awesome. It's so yeah. cool. You know they hear that shit on the field. Absolutely they do. Yeah. Soccer's the best. It really is the best. I've had a fantastic sports year. Probably my favorite of all time. Premier League, you dove in, man. It's it's definitely it's, a good thing. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, but the the stadium, I have to say, too, itself is absolutely breathtaking. I got in there, like I said, right away, and it was totally empty. And it is very imposing the the south stand obviously shoots straight up it's the largest single stand in europe um that's where to dare to do is yes yes that's the the monolith or whatever you want to call it tifo and uh the whole stadium itself is very much (laughs) like the big house michigan stadium it's very flat right it's huge but it's very flat The Spurs stadium is like rising up around you like uh, how could I like a Coliseum? I mean, it's in your face, man. It's intense high ceilings. 
not so much high ceilings as much as it, it just feels like the sides around you are drastic, like almost like a wall is is surrounding oh. you. It's, it's very intense. Um, very steep? Is it steep? Oh, the South Stand's incredibly steep. Yeah, they actually warn people that if you have, like, motion sickness issues or uh, if you have... Uh, it moves too. If you have, what do you call it when your your equilibrium's off? Vertigo. Um, vertigo. Thank you, Jim. Yep. Yeah. If you have vertigo, don't go into the south stand because it's so steep and so high, and it really feels that way. And then the glowing, the giant, beautiful golden cock at the top is like, it's just so epic and beautiful. And yeah, I had a great time. Very grateful to get to go to a match, and everybody was very nice. Wish they would have won, but the West Ham goal was right in front of me, and it was a great strike. Um, I would never root for them, but also seeing the West Ham supporters in the corner right next to me, them going nuts, like losing limbs. Like that's what they call it. Limbs. When people celebrate really wildly was kind of cool, even though obviously hated that moment, but, uh, cool experience. Yep. Yeah. Away supporters are, they're still like, I'm always struck by that in soccer. They still get a pretty decent sized section of the stands and they're all crazy. Normally about three, three to 5,000. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Interesting. Well, thank you. That was that was fun to learn about. It was fun to be there. I will definitely be back next season, no doubt about it. No doubt. Cool. Well, should we talk about some games from last weekend? Yes. <laughs> yes, you want so to? I th- go ahead, Micah. Well, I think we... Um, let's go with Man United. We'll just jump into Jimmy real quick jump into him <laughs> yeah jim how do you i watched that whole match on the plane ride home uh minute for minute and i have my takes but how are you feeling about the match itself and then going forward um i mean without going too far i mean it's, it's just it, ultimately it's disappointing right so it was probably our last real good opportunity to make a, a real push for the top four um, mm-hmm. I think Chelsea, as a reminder, yes, to yeah, people that yeah, against, know. against Chelsea. Um, uh, I think the um, most dis- disappointing part, and we've kind of talked touched base on this the last couple of games for United, but was just um, the performance from David De Gea. Um, you know, um, the goal was frustrating. Um, so yeah, I I think that uh, o- overall it's just. Pretty dis- but a tie. It's a tie against Chelsea. It's, I mean, how sad is that, really? It, it is. It is because you needed the result, right? Like in in yeah. in general terms, yes, a tie, especially considering how we were playing coming in. Yes, a, a tie is, um, a normally good result. But when you absolutely have to have a win, uh, especially when that is the team that you're chasing for that final spot, um, it it just uh. You know it, uh, that that part hurts, sure. especially after uh, after need watching it. Arsenal. After watching Arsenal, you know you fall. guys need a little little boost right now too. Yep. So it was it was frustrating. Um, yeah, it, uh, it it makes it even with our last two games being Huddersfield and Cardiff, it makes it almost impossible. Even with two wins, we're gonna have to count on somebody else. Like there's zero yeah. control, and we need a lot of help. So we'll see how it goes, but. Um, yeah, disappointing, I guess would be the word from, from Sunday. Yeah. I have you guys finishing 71 points, getting six points to close it out. I I would, like, I would honestly be very shocked if we don't get, you know, six points the next two yeah, games. six. But I still think that, um, I think Chelsea has, like, Leicester, who could be tough, and somebody else yeah. that's kind of soft. So, I mean, it's... It's good. Yeah, Chelsea has a Here, Here's the problem, though, is that even if even Lester. if they, they're so they're up three points, right? Um, like uh, taking Arsenal completely out of this equation right now. By the way, um, yeah. you know Chelsea is three points ahead of us. So even if they lose, they still have a superior goal differential. So that wouldn't they'd have to lose both games for us to even have a chance to pass them. That's that's kind of what the the long and the short of it is. Um, if they win one game. Even if they lose a second game, it almost doesn't matter because the goal differential is so great that we're not going to overcome that. They're at home. They're at home for both these last two, too, which we talked about. Yep. So it's uh, it's a pretty grim situation overall. Yep. Yeah, they're at home. Brighton, Burnley. Oof. Arsenal, I'm looking like I'm going to lose my 20 bucks to Babel. Damn it. Nah. No, I mean, what, what, what about that do you think that? I mean, after watching Arsenal... Just get shell shocked by Lester. <laughs> what about 
Oh, that was fun. Yeah, I mean, what, what, so well, what fun. about that? Do you think that Arsenal is somehow going to pass Tottenham? Even with all... No, no, I don't think they're passing Tottenham. I think... Oh, you said top, I four? top four? Oh, okay. Top four. Tottenham, I still think you're safe. I still think Chelsea's going to take it over, over Arsenal. Uh, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, I don't know. I... I on the United match, Jim, like, it was an entertaining game. It really, really was on the, on the overall. I, you know, Mata, his his goal was well-deserved. Well it was a nice move by you guys. Um, I thought there were moments for both squads. Hazard is still just amazing to me. He's like what makes Chelsea tick. Willian wasn't that involved. Um, they brought on Pedro, and I thought he made an impact as a sub. Um, but the De Gea goal, can you just quickly opine on that for me? Because it's a gross little touch, too, by um, not Alonso. So it, wasn't, it wasn't Alonso. It was uh, – no, it was. It was, it was Alonso. Alonso. Yeah. yeah. So it was a gross little touch and kind of like a, a, a cleanup job near the net, and it was – he, he he did well to get it on target, but do you think did De Gea go down too early? What what was the mistake? I I guess to be fair, like it wasn't a mistake. It's just something that if you are if you're talking about him in the class of like uh, one of the best keepers in the world, like in that situation in that game when you absolutely need it, um, he's our player of the year for the last five years, like in a situation where we really needed it and a, a save that you expect from a keeper of his caliber, that's the disappointing part. Like, I'm not – it wasn't like a – it wasn't like the messy goal, you know, against Barcelona where that was just, you know, um, a howler by uh, – you know, it wasn't It wasn't that. It's just, you know, it, it, it feels like – I don't know. Like, I, I think that – I think distracted is the wrong word. He just feels not all in – on whatever is going on right now. And they talked about, you know, should we drop him, da-da-da. And maybe, you know, um, at, at this point, two games left, we have Huddersfield and Cardiff. Um, I, like, personally, I really like Sergio mm-hmm. Romero. He's yeah. he's Argentina's number one goalkeeper. Argentina's a pretty good team. Oh, yeah, throw and, him in there. And, and, and Romero there. has been a good goalkeeper. So, like, I think that it doesn't hurt to sit him down, and I don't think that that means you're going to sell him necessarily or, or what what have you, or that he's ever going to be the second but choice. But is Ali too, like, is he too, uh, you know, man you to put down a player of his caliber? Yeah, absolutely. But I think that at this at this point, the last two games of the season, why not sit him down and figure out, hey, are you going to be here, or are we moving on from you? Yeah. And there's lots of rumors out there, and we don't have to get into this silly season because we still got a couple of months for that. But, um yeah. Yeah. So yeah, ten, the silly ten, season. Long. The off season will be kind of interesting to cover for you guys. Like you're gonna spend a lot of money. Maybe do a lot of interesting maybe, things. Maybe that's always that's been our problem since really the last couple of years is that like everyone knows we wanted to spend. So anybody we want to buy, they're basically you know overcharging us for everybody because they know we have money. So um, it's yeah, it's I, would I, too. I think it's more about you know finding. And you guys are like oh, a couple find million. Yeah, <laughs> gotta find gotta find some value buys somewhere in there, right? And to be able to develop talent. So, long-winded answer, Tyndall. Yes, I don't think that it was necessarily like a gaffer, but you know, I think that it's a save that you would expect him to make in that situation. I forgot that's where that started. Yeah. I can't wait to overcharge you for a trip here. Oh, I hope they buy him. I hope they buy him. You're gonna so fucking bad. love him, Jim. Did you see his little mistake today in that game? There were a couple. Oh. Yes, very bad. He made a dastardly one that almost cost them the next leg. So the reason they won't. Oh, the reason scary. they won't. The reason they won't buy Trippier is the <sighs> same reason that they're not gonna uh, kick out for uh, Elder Wilds, um, uh You know his 25 Wages. million in the last three weeks. <clears throat> it's because you know for whatever they say they're. Their goal is to buy young players, so they don't want to spend on anybody over like twenty five. I think it is what it is, which in theory is a good, good, uh, move. good idea. It just depends on yeah. how good are your scouts at evaluating young talent, and really, outside of our youth, you know, guys that come through like Lingard and Rashford, like buying young guys has been kind of tough for us lately. So, we'll see. Fair enough. That's great. I just want to make a quick note. 
about Europa League qualification. If City loses to... Since City won the EFL Cup, it drops the Europa League qualification to sixth. But if City wins the FA Cup, then the seventh spot in Premier League gets Europa League qualifying. So a couple teams are vying for that right now. Uh, but Wolves seem like they got a got it in the bag. But just something to watch in the middle of the table there. It's very cool. That's all. Good that's research. All I really have to say about it. And it's cool. I, I think we talked about this with Chris for a smaller squad to qualify for Europa League because Europa League's kind of sweet. It is. I I think so, the, the I, I was hating on it earlier, but like as watching it wind down, I'm like, okay, I like this. I would say the only scary part is like you saw what happened to Burnley this season. They started in Europa League mm. qualifying at the beginning of the season, so. You know, for a squad, and I think that I would say that Wolverhampton probably has more money to spend than a team like Burnley does. They might have been a little like overachieving, but for you, you have to have the depth of squad to add an extra competition like that. Um, I mean, you can see what like a normal, you know, uh, schedule does to teams with quote unquote lots of money, like Tottenham, Spurs. Um, Great example. Spurs, yes. Spurs have Spurs have a lot more money than everybody else, but not as much as the top six, right? So, but even yep. at this stage in all the competitions, they're threadbare. Um, you take a team that's <laughs> even fucking that. brutal, man. A, a team like Wolverhampton was in the championship two years. I mean, the last year or so, like you put them in the Europa League, even for all the money they spent, like, do they have enough depth to make a run in that? So, it's always uh, like. It's always like, yay! You gotta try. Yeah, you know, it's I'm excited, <laughs> yeah. but also I'm scared. So I hope Wolves stay good. I've I've learned to like them this season. Absolutely, Jimmy called that like two year a uh, year and a half ago as well, and it'd be it'd be fun to that. see them qualify in their first year up. It would be very fun. cool. So first year up, that's a good lead in. Uh, let's jump down one league to the teams that are now Premier League teams. They are, they made it. They made it to the big show. They're probably so pumped. Oh, they are pumped. Norwich, oh yeah, and I bet those supporters are freaking awesome. They were freaking Norwich, out, man. They were Norwich, that place Norwich. was Norwich. Yes, Norwich City yes. <laughs> just popped up. They finished first in the English League Championship with ninety-one points. From what I could tell, watching the table, they were kind of in control of their destiny for a long ass time. I don't know how many months they were in first, but they're up. They got a guy apparently, Timu Pookie. Pookie. 28 goals in the season. Mo Salah is at 21 leading the Premier League. That's a lot of goals. Do you guys know anything about him? Pookie's been uh, been great. I <clears throat> didn't know a lot about him, but I sat in my hotel room and and watched that um, that entire match and how excited they are. They've got this manager that is kind of out of nowhere. He was He's German, I believe, and he was hmm. coaching a small German squad, and then he came over to Norwich, and they kind of took a risk, and then Pookie... I think has remade himself and just his approach yeah. to his game and kind of came out of nowhere this year and has absolutely tore it up. And they have a good squad. They're, I'll tell you what, that match was a lot of fun um, to, to watch. I think it was Bolton, uh, some, someone with a B, I apologize, championship. Right. But, um, we don't care about them that it much. Was a good, it was a good match, fun to watch. Norwich is a fun side to watch, man. Um, cool. Yeah. Pookie didn't score so, in that match, but uh, he's apparently lethal. Pookie is 29 years old. He's bounced around a ton. Originally from Finland. Started playing Finland first division, then went to Sevilla in La Liga, then went back to a Finland team. Schalke, Celtic, Schalke, nice. Brøndby in Denmark, which is Superliga, where FC Helsinger is trying to get to. And then he had pretty like two good seasons there, and then got sold to Norwich in June of 2018 and just like it's this player who is this player like it's crazy. he was their third choice in the transfer market too apparently for a striker on a free on a, on a free. free that's right that's right and then the other guy Emiliano Buendia Argentina Argentinian he's got 12 assists on their team do you know anything about him I don't, I don't, other than what I saw the other night. Um, again, they're a good attacking side. Their defense looks a little suspect, but uh, attacking-wise, they are masterful with possession, and in the final third, pretty impressive. Neat. Yeah, I mean, what, what's your prediction for them next year? So I think it's hard to say. Again, I think the defense, this is from one match. I've literally watched one yeah. match, but uh, the defense looked a little suspect. 
Um, so that might be a concern, right? You look at like a Fulham, what we saw from Fulham this year with some flashy offense, but if you don't have a solid defensive core, Premier League will tear you up. Jim, any thoughts? Oh, uh, no. I just know that their uniforms are hideous, green and yellow. Yes, their mascot. They canaries, baby. The, the mascot <laughs> is, the, is the Canaries, and I know that it's... <laughs> I love it. It is, it is a fucking haul for most Premier League teams to go out to Norwich because there's not a lot I of Premier League team playing on the East Coast. Northeast so. England. Extreme yeah. Northeast England. Uh, not and not apparently, Brad... Not even extreme. They're not even up by, like, Newcastle and Middlesbrough. They're, like... Uh, just straight east almost from from london so i mean it's mm-hmm. like i guess technically like they they get weird about their whole fucking northeast because um you know manchester and liverpool are technically northwest but like it's not like it's as far north as newcastle and sunderland and middlesbrough and all those clubs so, but yeah it's all it's a fucking hall it's out in the middle of fucking nowhere no one wants to go there for away games but very rural all. and Micah was just getting to the fact that i talked to a <laughs> A gentleman on the way back to Chicago who went goes on holiday because his mother still lives there uh, near Norwich, and uh, they stay at the same B&B every year where he says he hits his head on the bar uh, because it's it was built in the 1600s. But anyway, it's supposed to be a good bird-watching area. So a lot of, a lot of good canaries out there. <laughs> canaries. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, the uh, Caro Road, the stadium... There's a history of breeding birds in that area. There you go. Right on the internet. There you go. And you can also buy a share of Norwich City for about 300 to 100 euros. They have three different share groups. It's kind of cool. And but they but they're all I can't I don't know exactly. I wish we could have an expert on here, but somehow they're managed by a trust. So you buy like a membership to the trust, and then the well, trust that used manages they used the to fans. be they used to be like uh, the Arsenal like so Arsenal supporters uh, had. A trust that owned, gosh, like five percent, like, um, and the only this one owns about like a fourteen percent. Okay, so I mean, like they like all it does is it gives you a um, by having that group have an ownership, it gives you know that group a representative on the board. Yeah, fans of well, on, oh yeah, yeah, the fans on the board. So like, uh, hmm. um, yeah, that's it's Neat. it's not it's not that much different than say. Um, you know, like Green Bay. The it's N- like a membership organization. In the NFL. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. It's cool. Ain't nothing wrong with that. So they're up. And then Sheffield United real quick. Um, actually, last time, real quick, uh, last time Norwich was in the EPL, they spent 2013-14 there, 2015-2016 no. 2015-2016. Yeah. Yeah. Um, up, down, up. But, yeah, they've been in the Premier League quite a bit from what I understand, Jimmy. Oh, uh, I mean, this, do you this, remember them? This, this only, only really the last, like, you know, eight years or so, kind of the yo yo action, but before that, yeah. not a whole lot. At least not in the, in the Premier League era. I can't speak to outside of that. Cool. And then, uh, so Sheffield United, yeah. second one up. Last time they were in the EPL, 2006-2007, they got a homeboy named Billy Sharp, 33 yes. years old, 23 goals. He's a hometown boy, too. They love him. I watched that match also- as well. And uh, their manager is played at Sheffield as well, I think. And oh yeah, that's true. They got it's super true. emotional after essentially clinching. Like they they were they're pretty sure they're gonna be up, yeah. And so the fans, it was at home. It was cool, man. It was a lot like the Norwich match where the you know everyone was just geeked out and really hyped going into it. And then when they actually the squad got it done, they were you know all the players had their kids on the pitch and stuff. And it was it's just cool moments for all those fans. I like it. Awesome. Yeah. They're just getting ready to lose thirty games the next year and be yeah, relegated back. So, yeah, yeah, but they get that Premier League cash money. It is true. That's what I, it's all about, I, right? I should have pulled the article for today, but yeah, like I said, like for five years, it's like a declining percentage per year for like five years that you get money. I love yeah. that. That's so neat to me. Mm-hmm. Do you think promotion and relegation is good, Michael? <laughs> uh, it's. <laughs> The only thing that matters in in life, uh, in sports life, that is. It's fair. 
Yep. I want to stay in championship for just a moment. The Leeds Villa situational. Yeah, what? I want Jimmy's take on this because I don't know what the fuck happened there. I, I watched that clip, and if so, for those of you that haven't watched the clip, look it up. Leeds Villa. You know, there's been all that drama this year with the Leeds manager, who I believe is from Argentina because Pochettino admires him in some way. And Marcelo then you've got. Yep. Thank you. Villa's in like third or fourth, too. Villa's in third or fourth in making a huge Leeds run because Jack Grealish came back and has been tearing shit up for them. Leeds After in third. Got punched by that fan. Yep. Leeds in third, slipping a little bit, but Bielsa has been good this year. And then you've got. Is it Gerard? Is he the manager for Villa, Jim? Um, no, it's uh, John Terry. John Terry. Know, and I'm not even sure if he's the head manager. I think he might be an assistant, but I can't remember. But yeah, yeah. I saw him tell uh, Bielsa to fuck off um, yep. at some point. And so, so if you if you didn't see the clip, um, basically what happened is you had a player for Villa go down with an injury or appearing like it was an injury, and the Villa players were under the impression that Leeds was going to kick it out out of uh, out of etiquette. They didn't play a through ball way up the field and ended up scoring. Players immediately nice very angry. And so, Jim, uh, so following that, the the Bielsa said, let them have the goal, let them dribble through and equalize right then because that was wrong. Like, So, Jimmy, help us right. sort this out. Help us sort out etiquette and what the hell happened. So, yeah, so uh, there was a 50-50 ball. Um, Leeds player came through on an SMB player. The SMB player went down. And um, as he was down, the ball kind of slowly went out to the out wide, you know, at, around the halfway line. So, not in an attacking position, not anything like that. Um, if you actually watch the clip, the referee is—he's uh, not blowing a whistle, but he's coming over to signal to ask them to put it out of bounds. And everyone appears under the impression that he's going to put it out of bounds, even the guy with the ball. Um, and so, you know, everyone else stops, like the Aston Villa players stop. Um, and then at the, uh, at the last second and stuff, the fans you could tell at, were like the, in this weird. Yeah, at the last second, the Leeds player doesn't play it out. He plays the ball down the line. Um, the winger takes it down, cuts it in, and scores, and immediately is mobbed by Aston Villa like players. Like, what the shit are you doing? It it really is. It, it really was the wrong etiquette by Leeds. So everyone like stopped. Everyone's under the impression like, hey, someone's hurt. We're gonna put it out. There like so. You, under, you, nice you understand it. If you watch soccer enough, there are there are times where, you know, someone goes down and they play on, and that is, you know, that is the right of the team that has the ball to continue playing. But in a situation where, like, especially if that team is in an attacking position, you're right, because sometimes people go down just to, like, kill the play. This one, the guy was down. It was at the 50-yard line. It was one of those things the yeah. ref, the referee came and said, no build up yeah, yet. the referee said, hey, let's let's put it out of bounds and stop it, so everyone stops. So that the where the etiquette was broken there is that like yes they can they physically can continue on but it's just the wrong thing to do. Um, so that guy scoring immediately you know Bielsa for uh, Leeds manager recognizes that um, after all the melee goes down, um, an Aston Villa player actually got a red card during the melee for all the stuff that happened. Um, you know Bielsa is trying to signal to his team he's like hey 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 listen like we fucked up like that was like etiquette wise that was wrong let them score. And everyone seemed, <coughs> everyone seemed to get the message except for one of the center backs because yes. like everyone like they like they like dribbled through and got down there and that guy was like what the fuck's going on and tries to tackle <laughs> the guy who's dribbling in and the guy scores and turns like fuck you man it's supposed to be a free goal like and that just ensues more like <laughs> clashing and anger and even his teammates even his like the lead teammates are like trying to be like dude you what the fuck are you doing and, like clearly. <laughs> Clearly, he did, he got zero of the message because you can see him shouting at everyone else and shouting at the coach like, "What the fuck's going?" Like, like, like he was just completely oblivious. So, yes, etiquette wise, <laughs> Leeds was in the wrong. They they tried to, uh, the coach tried to have them do the right thing to make up for it. Unfortunately, um, for Aston Villa, they got a red card during that situation, um, which could have changed the course of the game. Um, it was it was right of Leeds to let that goal back in, but yeah, what a uh, what a clusterfuck of of emotion. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting uh, etiquette, and yeah, I don't know. It just highlights the subtleties of of football. It's fun. It does. As yeah, but you could like feel it the whole way. You you could 
feel like Leeds' point of view and the build up and everything, and then well, afterwards, I think giving up the goal. I, like, I think if right I think if you asked if you if you asked every one of the Leeds players on the field outside of the guy that scored, most of them been like, yeah, we probably should have put it out. Like that's like literally when you, yeah. like. There's a diff- I'm sure the guy that put it in knows There's that. a difference between having direct intent from the moment it happens. If they had been directly intenting on going forward, that's one thing. But they kind of like brought it out wide. It was at the 50, not in an attacking position. Everyone stopped. And as soon as everyone stopped, that guy played the ball up the line. And that's why that guy was in. It's because the defenders thought, hey, he's putting it out. The referee's asking to put it out. Blah, blah, blah. Like, that's, that's, where, that's where the etiquette was the broken. The crowd was still like, yeah! yeah! Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Wait, why wouldn't you be? You just scored. You know, like, and the thing is, is like, yeah. like they could have been. They're fighting for promotion. They, they, that's the thing. They could have been Dixon, been like, "Fuck you guys, good luck." Like, you know, yeah. they didn't have to. Could have been. They, he didn't have to do that, and it would have been like he would have gotten destroyed in the media. But he could have been like, "Yeah, you I'm, best I'm, believe I'm, I knew some kids growing up that would have not given you a goal." <laughs> Absolutely, it, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, uh, remember uh, who was it that shared that video of that kid who uh, who went down in the penalty area? It was like a U sixteen game. And then he knew it was wrong and intentionally missed the PK. Like at some point, like it's oh yeah, it's not it's not quite like as uh uh what's the word I want to use drastic. Archaic. It's not no, I'll say it's not quite as archaic mm. as uh, MLB, you know, Major League Baseball with some of like the unwritten rules. But there are certain like etiquette. One more yes. reason to hate the game. There are certain like etiquette things that you that you understand and like you know you know if you if you know that it wasn't a, like a PK or like you know that's that was the right thing to do. Not a lot of guys would have done that in PKs. Like at the pro at the pro yeah. level, you're not gonna get that guy that's putting it wide. But the etiquette no. thing in the Leeds game that was. Um, letting them score back was the right thing to do. Somebody's just got to fucking communicate to the defender who clearly doesn't speak the language that everyone else does and tell him, like, hey, man, this is going on. <laughs> even the goalie... He might literally even, not speak even, the language. Even the, goal, even the like, goalie, like, <laughs> walked, like, out past the 18 so he could, like, leave the goal open to score. So, um, anyway. Yeah, like, look around. You see what's happening, you idiot. Yeah, absolutely. So, I wanted to talk about Jamie Vardy because... He's had an amazing season. I haven't watched much Leicester. He scored two goals against uh, the Arse last weekend. Yes. Yep. What's his deal? He looks he, he looks awesome. I think I like Jamie Vardy. Oh, uh, Jamie Vardy's having a party. Yes, a Vardy party. Uh, Vardy party. That's what they say. Gosh, how old is he now? He's got to be like 31. 28. No, no way. He's got to be older Let's than check. that. Let's Google. Google channel. I, I would so, say, I'm going to guess 32. Well, but go ahead, Tyndall. No, I was just gonna say Jamie Vardy is. I'm I'm a fan of Jamie Vardy as well. Um, the oh, yeah. the really point when I was tipped up to him in the, in the uh, best season he's probably ever had was when they won the the Premier League title. Um, Absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. over Spurs, but every single match that they would win was one nil. Like every single match, and they would squeeze some shit. Goal good. out. That's how they got to do it. No, not good because Spurs would have won the title Lester if not for it. Leicester. And and oh. I like Jamie Vardy despite despite them ripping our hearts out. Like he is a crafty little Englishman striker. You got to give him that. Great goal scorer. He had, yeah, he had that season that they won the title. I think he had like a thirteen game goal scoring streak or something ridiculous wow. like that. Yeah, he was. He, he That's was amazing. Outrageous. He was. Um, and he's an English. Yes. National, right? Yeah. Well, he yes. like he he had he wasn't in the setup until late in his career just because of you know what he uh, what he did and really it took them changing managers you know going to uh, Ranieri who actually let him be the out and out striker because for the longest time he was played out in the wing and it kind of limited his goal scoring opportunities but um, mm-hmm. you know putting him in the middle you know using that speed utilizing that counterattack uh, mentality it really opened up uh, a lot of worlds for him. Um, and I think that ultimately his best decision ever was to stay at Leicester because he can be the man there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of those guys like Danny Drinkwater and some of those other guys from that, Danny uh, Drinkwater. What from a that, fucking from name! That, I prefer Danny from, Drink beer. <laughs> from those, yeah, from those Premier, the Premier League winning side. Uh, you know, a bunch of guys capitalized on moving on, and he was like, "No, nah, I'm gonna stay here." Sure. So, um, Mares, Mares. Yeah, he's uh, that Manchester City's highest ever signing who can't start. Who sits on the bench? I was gonna just gonna say, oh, really? Mares was unbelievable that year too. Yeah, that, Leicester is a good squad, man. Oh, 
Oh, he was good in the uh, the Premier League winning mm-hmm. year. Yeah, oh, was, yeah. I mean, they had to be good. He was fantastic. Oh, yeah. fantastic. He fantastic was amazing. That year. Yeah. Odds were like, what, 5,000 to 1? Something ridiculous. The, More than that. I, the, no, it yeah. was it was five thousand to one. But I remember <coughs> saying that the um, they said that at the beginning of the season, if you went into a sport book to bet, the the odds for betting for Leicester to win the Premier League were the exact same odds um, if you bet that uh, Elvis would come back. Like it was something like it was something stupid, like just ridiculous, like well, that. Well, yeah. Like yeah. it was, you know, outrageous. Um, Great story. Yep. Love it. Could be a movie. It should, should, it should be. be someday, yeah. Yep. It could be like a tragedy from the Spurs' perspective. <laughs> Still a great year no. for Spurs, though, finishing <laughs> you, second. You know it's, you know it's going to be, somehow it's going to be a Disney movie, and Tottenham will be like Iceland in Mighty Ducks 2. Yes, like, Disney, yes. Yeah. Harry Kane will be Russian. <laughs> <laughs> you can't understand uh, him anyway, so, yeah. I mean, you know, yep. what's different? Let's go, boys. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, obviously, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, that's uh, it, it. It did rub me the wrong way. I have to say, on this while we're on this tangent, um, to see like the rest of the Premier League just shitting because the rest of the Premier League loves to shit on Tottenham to begin with, like the media in general, and that's a favorite take of mine. But I really do feel it, and they really did, man. They were rooting hard against Tottenham, um, like players on social media and stuff. I don't know. I understand. I understand the Cinderella story, but like Spurs always get dicked a little bit. Always a bridesmaid, <laughs> never a bride. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, you know, we had we had the hottest bridesmaid in our bed today with Ajax and yep. Champions League. Yep. And we didn't know, we did not perform. You know, she she wanted to. The parents are gone. There's a party going on downstairs, and couldn't do it. You know, we just couldn't finish, you know? Too drunk. Half, half, half boner. Half, <laughs> half right, let's, let's talk about, like, let's talk It was injuries. like pulling let's taffy down there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've ever heard on this podcast. Fuck's sake. That's a good analogy. So, so Spurs, Spurs at the new stadium with the Tadares to do again, which is beautiful. <laughs> IX comes out and I it looked like a Premier League squad playing a champions championship side. I mean, it was like no one could hang on to the ball for more than a pass. I think I saw a stat. First 30 minutes was like 46 completed Spurs passes and like 156 IX completed Ugh. passes. I mean, Ooh. it was terrifying the first 30 minutes and then with a the goal, of course. Yeah. What? Well, tell me about the goal cuz I missed the goal. I watched the second half. Go ahead, Jim. No, no, you talk about the goal. I was just going to say that, um, you know, honestly, before, like, I, I don't think that the, the as far as coverage goes, we should really bash Tottenham. I don't think that Tottenham played terribly. No. I think the Ajax played incredibly. I just didn't want to lose that, that point. The half that I watched, Tottenham looked great. It's just the same problem we've been seeing over and over again lately. We can't finish. Like, there's no creativity in front of the goal. It's, I don't know what's going it's, on. Like, Llorente's an idiot up there. He just is. Well, you, you think... Lucas played well today, but... You think tactically, though, it's, it's different, right? So, like, you lose, um, you know, you lose some midfield help. So now you take Deli Ali, another attacking piece, yeah. and you you sink him back farther, and you're relying... He's not good back there. Well, I mean, it's not, it's not like he's bad. Like, he works hard. He'll work, right. he'll work hard for you, but, like, he... Right. You, I, you, I loved... Let me, let me clarify that I love him. I yes, love him absolutely. Better. You just lose, you just lose like what he does best was at the attacking end, and taking him away, it, like, you know, uh, I think what I was trying to say earlier is that Christian Eriksen um, becomes the sole focal point offensively, and he's played poorly, you know, the last couple he's of months. Tired, he's got to be tired. Tired, he tired. Missed with, many games. He's been playing all the national team games. But he's also like, linking up with the guys that he doesn't play with like regularly because of injury. So like yeah. linking up with the Arente is bad though. <laughs> But the goal, yeah, go ahead, Tindall, with the goal. It was... Sorry, yeah. I cut you off there. Yeah, no, I agree all around with what you're saying. The goal was uh, kind of a mistake. Trippier played him on side. It's a nice little entry pass into just... I don't know, when he got the ball, though, uh, Van, Van de Beek, I think, is who scored. And when Van de Beek got the, the ball, it was like three IX players between Hugo and, 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 and then three IX players and then the rest of this 
the whole group of players. Like they they had three players wide open in the box, and then he did a nice he little. He had all day. He did a nice little dummy to get Hugo to go down, and then uh, and then put it in solid goal. But and and earned deserved I should say deserved after the first thirty minutes because again, Michael, I know you came in, in the second half, but like they were destroying us the first thirty minutes and. So I anyway, that's the goal. But then we can get to the the changes that were made in the formation to a back four from a back three. And I think it was it's one of the first maybe 10 matches where I've really noticed a tactical change that completely changed the the, the match. Well, I think Um, technically, too, like they made the change early and then 25 um, minutes or so. Yeah. And then and then the Vertonghen injury happened, which also, you know. Um, allowed them to change personnel to really, really change that formation, you know, to to make it work because it would have pushed Vertonghen out wide, which he can be play, he can play comfortably there, but you know, with that injury, it brought in Sissoko, which you guys, uh, which you guys saw in the second half, you guys should speak to, but bringing on Sissoko and moving Rose back to left back, I think the second half, you guys can comment on on how they played in the second half. Yeah, I mean, I just thought Sissoko completely changed the match, uh, which just speaks to the transformation under Pochettino, where he was last year, hated by the fans, and now he, I think, again, is the player of the year, and it's it's not even close, in my opinion. He completely changed the match, and we went to a physical approach, more long balls, which, you know, there's no shame in that if that's what you've got. Um, and to Jimmy's point earlier, Erickson having to be the creative force, Daly Alley dropping deeper, that's what you got. So play a bunch of balls up to Fernando's head, which they did, and you had some half chances. I think they should have at least yeah. scored one or two. But again, the being clinical and the quality in front of goal in the final third. But you saw Spurs shift to, instead of trying to link up play and build, into a pure physical squad of like we're just going to bash you with the bodies that we have um and then have lucas try and run in between them sissoko played so well it's almost like he's an elevator out in the field you know he is carrying the ball from defense to middle and control that entire corridor physical he's been so good it's been he dominated the midfield once he came in and that can that changed the whole complexion of the game it did it did and and uh, again, it feels okay. It, yeah, they lost. They lost, and you got to score but a goal. First leg, you got to score a goal though. Yeah. Um, well, we get. Yeah. I mean, sun zone out is uh, obviously devastating to the team. Yeah, sun and Harry looks, winks. Well, Harry yeah. more so, but like in the in the near term. Well, now you're looking at the second leg. It's probably like I would I would be extremely surprised if you see Vertonghen the rest of the season, like that that really? that that level of concussion. You see him like. Once he yeah, finally came off, he almost scary. he almost collapsed coming off the field. Like he like he, I think he was severely concussed, and it took him like a minute. Like it took everyone a minute it's to identify blood. it. Well, like well, there was <laughs> there was all the, there was all the blood stuff, and then he, like they got him cleaned oh. up. He came yeah. back on. He was standing there for a minute, and he just started walking towards the sideline. And the ball went out at the time, and he got out, and he was like shaking his head, and he like leaned over to spit, and then he almost collapsed. Like people had to catch him and walk him off. He's. Uh, like that, uh, like he's like that level of concussion. It would be smart of them, you know, for his long term health, just to shut him down the rest of the season. And that's like, I mean, yes, it hurts, especially with a second leg and two more Premier League games to play. But if you're talking about the long term health of one of your cornerstone players, shut him down. Like there's like that level yeah. of concussion. You don't you don't see. I mean. I, I love Jan too much for him to be hurt anymore. Yep. Sit down, Jan. And you yeah. know, I, um, I was just gonna say, like, I think too, uh, you know, I, th- I know you guys love Jan, um, and I, I, I see the talent. Also, I, I think that Alderweireld, like, while you guys comment on him, you don't talk about him enough, like, because he really did generate a couple of very good chances, and basically mm-hmm. stood on his head. When I don't think Davidson Sanchez played all that well, like Alderweireld really anchored no, that defense. Never does. Um, so, Foyt, when he came on, provided a nice little boost. He played great. I I agree with Jimmy about about Toby. Uh, I I think the Lester year. I think he, you know, Virgil Van Dyke uh, getting the accolades that he's getting right now. I think that Toby Alderweireld, and I watched every match, so it's different. I don't watch every Liverpool match, but I think Toby Alderweireld had a player of the year year uh, 2016. 
he was absolutely incredible and he continues to be very very consistent um anticipation wise to jimmy's point on the offensive end he had a couple of headers where he got into into the mix and actually tried to impose himself a little bit but toby elderveld is absolutely rock solid i think he's handled this entire contract situation as well not signing extension extremely well on social media he's supportive of the squad always a lot of energy loves the supporters says all the right things and even if he leaves at the end of this year a true pro and has been an absolute bedrock to, uh, for the defense alongside his Belgian teammate, Jan Bertongen, for sure. It's a good point. Much love to Toby. And, and Shout out, yeah, Toby. Shout out, Toby. You're the man. And shout out, Roy Williams. We made a Vertigo reference earlier, and I was trying to... <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Bring that back. Yeah, so uh, anyway, that's enough on Spurs, game. but uh, yep. you know we'll see what we can do in the second leg. We're still in the semifinals, down uh, nil to one, and still very happy. Like stand very up. happy still. It's very uh, representative of the squad right now with all the injuries. The the representative fighting, moment was when it happened when Jan smashed his face into Toby, the back of Toby's head, and he got the concussion. The snapshot there, if you meme it, is like the epitome of our season. Like, our two best center backs <laughs> lying down, like, <laughs> flat on their backs like they just got shot in the face. <laughs> oh, it, was, wow. it was terrifying. It was terrifying. All right. All right. Liverpool, Barcelona, tomorrow. Very fun. Jimmy mentioned Liverpool an erection. A chance. He did mention an erection. Jimmy? Jam. Are yeah. Still, are oh, you still just... chubbing up over there? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, you guys know of my well-documented hate of Liverpool, um, and that's just as the club. Like, I would also readily admit just how uh, attractive their style of play is, and to take that sort of, like, attacking, pressing style, and you go against, um, you know, Barcelona that, uh, I mean, uh, what'd they say? Barcelona scored, they, they were, they passed 100 goals for their season, for, like, their club season in February. Well, I mean, <laughs> Like, so it's, you know, it's very attacking. Terrifying. Very, you know, sexy style. I mean, the players that Barcelona is going to run out there. Like, uh, the, the just think about, like, the subplot. Like, Coutinho going back and playing against Liverpool. Yeah. After being last year. And, like, Good point. Just, like, that sort of like that sort of stuff. And then you talk about, like, the front, uh, the you know, the front three of, like, Salah and Mane and, and Firmino. And then, like, yeah, that sounds great. But then they're like, oh, yeah, they're running Messi, Suarez, and Coutinho. Out against them, like unbelievable. Like the like Suarez the, from Liverpool as well, Jim. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. You're absolutely right. So unbelievable. Yeah, all the all the all the subplot Neat. type stuff. I, I think that um, the subplot stuff just adds intrigue to an already what should be an already just sexy Stella. game in general. And I think that yes. I think that like uh, I, I you're right. I haven't. Er- I can't wait to watch it. I have an erection, but I think that at the same time it could be like a one nil one one game because I think that both teams mm. the first leg are going to be kind of like boxers in the first couple rounds of a boxing match, just kind of like throwing, oh, yeah. throwing, throwing some jabs out there, just kind of like Testing. finish up. And then the second right. the second leg will just be just like both of them, like hockey fight style, just like throwing haymakers. And that's – so the, the first leg will be lots of tension, kind of like uh, episodes one and two. Sexual of tension. Game of Th- episodes one and two of Game of Thrones this season. And then – uh, the second leg will be like episode Shout three where everything yeah, explodes. No, I know. No spoilers. I know all the spoilers. No, no, I haven't even watched No Game it. of Thrones spoilers on the podcast. Agreed with that you know, in principle. Uh, no. Nope. If I nope. spoiled. Nope. No. Nope. Out of principle. Press, press ahead 15 we will. We will lose right. like 45 <laughs> followers just from ruining Game of Thrones. I feel like that. That would mean we'd lose imaginary followers yes. hey, at oh, any yes. rate at any rate it will be an arousing tie absolutely very arousing you know when you were saying all that i was thinking how important is the first goal in a game like that just first goal means so much when you get that first goal you know well, in a matchup like that Le- second leg makes it less so well, I think that's why I told. I started to tell Tyndall like when there was like you know the f- in the 40th minute of the first half of this game, I said you know there's 140 minutes left. That's how you have to look at yeah. it. You don't look at the rest of that game. Yeah. You're looking at the full course of the full eight, 180 minutes. So, um, right. It's like Tottenham losing the second leg at Man City, but winning the whole exactly shebang. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I love Champions League. Actually, 
we're at rant time. Um, okay. Anything else do you want to get in to? Uh, I don't know. You got a rant? Bradley, you got a rant? I got a short one, and the rant is in support of Lucas Mora. Lucas Mora is seems like a nice man, and he's very small. He's undersized. I want to say he's only 5'6 or 5'7. The dude is teeny tiny. And, you know, he came from PSG where he sat on the bench and didn't play a lot, and he's really pacey but didn't really know how to how to finish things. And I still think he's a work in progress, but I just love the effort that he gives when he is in a match, and that's been throughout this season. He started off really well in the beginning of the year, and he's kind of flattened out a little bit and not had as much playing time. Now with injuries, he's getting a little bit more. But just, just bravo, Lucas. Um, great effort. You, you fly into areas that are dangerous you get taken out and your little body goes flying all the time and i just appreciate the man's effort and the way that he talks about the squad and also i think that he's a he's just a a good human being so glad we got him on our squad and keep trying your best man cheers very solid rant i'd say uh i got a quick shout out for my rant just to the ep- uh, the bonus episode with FC Helsinger, but as a promise to continue to follow Danish Superliga, we do have a U.S. Men's National Team player, Jonathan Am- Amon, I think I'm saying that right? Yep. He's 19, plays in the Superliga for, oh boy, FC Norge, la la la, a lot of Danish, a lot of Danish <laughs> letters in there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's a winger, scored a goal. We tweeted it out. Check him out. He's in the uh, U.S. Men's National Team picture, playing in the league the FC Helsinger hopes to get to. So it was a nice finish too. It was a nice finish. Speedy little guy. Yep. Tough angle. Yep. Jimmy. Oh, uh, just a, a follow up of my rant last week about Salford City. Um, they ended up finished third in the English National League. They're in the um, the qualifying playoffs. Um, hoping to make it five promotions in six years, actually puts to League Two. Actually puts them in League Two. Actually put them puts them in the you know the football association for the first time, ever. Sweet. Um, so, I'm looking forward to seeing um, that they haven't scheduled that game yet, but I know it's coming up pretty soon. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, um, from that angle. Yes. Great. I had a schedule. Keep us updated. Absolutely. I uh, honestly, you know, as small as they are, like if I can ever get over to see a Manchester United match, um, they are in Manchester. Salford is, so I would also oh, cool. catch um, a game there. Their stadium is holds about five thousand. Um, a cute little stadium. So, um, but actually, really nice considering the level they're at. So, I, uh, I you hope should go to next be. year, Jim. It's uh, yeah. It's on my bucket. It's on my bucket list, but then I remembered I was having a kid in July, so we'll yeah, see yeah, there. yeah, yeah. If if we could somehow get someone to pay for a trip, listeners, for us to, <laughs> to take a business trip to, to England, Rooster and the Devil would love to travel. So. Absolutely, yes. We will record on site. It's, we'll it's come. a business trip. It's a business trip. Hey, all all four hey, people I- listening in the UK, <laughs> we will uh, record from your house. You can say whatever you want if you just put us up for the night. I'll fund the goddamn thing if you guys can get the time. Oh my gosh! Don't promise me that Boom. Kind of stuff. Boom! Boom! We have. Uh, <laughs> I'm I mean, serious. Funding, funding's not the issue. I know. That's my point. But if we could somehow make money there, then it's not a problem. Is there any way to make money while we're in England? <laughs> I don't know. I've, I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say. Never mind. What? No, never mind. <laughs> just don't. I'm, I, just I'm looking. I'm looking for every single reason possible to get uh, a work trip because our company is based out of Ireland. Me too. And <gasps> just looking for any reason for a work trip to like fly there and then you know extend. I'll my, jump it. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, Brad. I know you're tired. That trip looks pretty fun and cool. A little hop over. Absolutely. I, would, I mean, I would do a 48-hour turnaround in a heartbeat. I would love to. Ditto. Um, Ditto. Bradley, we can talk this. I need it. We can talk this fall because I am off work from September until the first week in November. So. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> That's very we shall, feasible. 
We shall communicate. Mm-hmm. Yes, we shall. Say that again. November. I'm off to go to England. Uh no, it'd be, it'd be like late September. Uh, late somewhere September. in October. Hmm. I could maybe <laughs> pull that off because Jess has a deadline October 15 that she's always.